Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. All right, welcome to episode number 103103 of Grow Bud Yourself, an amazing feat for us. We have a great show in store for you guys. Uh, we have uh, an interview with Lince Villarreal. She is from Flower House, New York, and uh, a longtime grower from Cali, who is now growing in New York. Uh, very interesting ch- chatting with her. We've got our strain of the fortnight. We've got a grow tip on automation in the grow room in case you're going away for Christmas uh, and you need to automate as well as answers to listener grow questions. So please stick around. Episode number 103 brought to you by Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Excelsior Extracts and Prime Superior Inoculant coming at you. All right, welcome back. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible tune. Uh, we are 103 episodes deep. This is episode 103. I think, Mike, you mentioned, I think that's that's how many we did of uh, free weed. Yeah, 103 free weeds, and now 103 grow bud yourselves. Nice, nice. The free weeds took us 2011 to like 2018 right. to, to get to 103 uh, this was just a couple of years, I think, I guess. So we started in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot quicker this time. So substantially, <laughs> substantially less time to get to 103, but here we are, um, hoping that, uh, that show and this show has taught you guys, uh, something and, and improved the quality of, uh, your cannabis. That is the intention. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I think that's uh, quite a milestone for us. And then, you know, everything else is gravy. Well, the question is, do we get to 104 or do we just start a new show and start it all over again? <laughs> change yeah. the name, change the song. Right. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with Grow Bud <laughs> okay. Yourself. I think, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think we've built a brand here. We should stick right, with you're it. You're right. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. 103 Grow Bud Yourselves. Very exciting. Indeed. And there's been some, uh, some news uh, in cannabis since our last episode. There's been some an election with some voting. Yeah, so this happened a couple weeks ago at this point. So you guys probably know some of this, but in case you missed it, this is what this is what happened on election day for cannabis. It was a it was a pretty big uh, election as relates to cannabis. Uh, five states had legalization initiatives on the ballot: uh, Arkansas, Maryland, Missouri, North Dakota, and South Dakota. They all asked voters to decide if cannabis should be legalized. Uh, The results were a little mixed. Uh, Legalization failed in Arkansas, North Dakota, and sadly, South Dakota. But uh, voters in Maryland and Missouri passed their pot legalization initiatives. So in Maryland, uh, voters were asked if they favored the legalization of the use of cannabis by an individual who is at least 21 years of age or older after July 1st, 2023. And it's unfortunate that it's going to take eight months for legalization to take effect there. But that initiative passed uh, with nearly 66% of the vote. So a uh, big margin of victory there. And uh, with that, a companion bill is going to make buying and possessing up to an ounce and a half of cannabis legal in Maryland. 
uh, possession of up to two and a half ounces is going to be decriminalized. And Maryland will also allow home growing with adults able to have uh, two plants for personal use. And uh, also, the state will automatically expunge past pot possession convictions. So that's exciting. And uh, that's what happened in Maryland. In Missouri, which was the other state that chose to end pot prohibition, uh, Amendment 3 passed with 53% of the vote. So that was a much more narrow uh, margin of victory. But Missouri's new adult use law allows people 21 and older to buy and possess up to three ounces of cannabis. So that's, that's pretty good. Uh, the measure also includes home cultivation of six flowering plants, six immature plants, and six clones. And Missouri will also implement automatic expungements of past cannabis convictions. So that was Missouri. Uh, sadly, South Dakota was one of the three states that failed to end cannabis prohibition. And our listeners probably remember that that state actually legalized marijuana in 2020, only to have that result overturned by the courts thanks to a lawsuit encouraged by the governor. Hmm. Uh, this year's ballot initiative failed, with nearly 53% of voters saying no to legalization. Uh, that bill would have allowed adults to buy and possess up to an ounce of pot, as well as home cultivation of up to three plants. So that was the, the cannabis angle of what happened on Election Day. But we should also mention, just finally, uh, a bill to legalize possession of psychedelics and psilocybin healing centers passed in Colorado. So there... Uh, adults 21 and older can now possess, consume, cultivate, and share psilocybin, ibogaine, mescaline, and DMT, among others. Uh, the bill does not include a possession limit, interestingly. Uh, also, healing centers will allow therapeutic psilocybin treatment by trained facilitators. So that's what happened on Election Day. Uh, it's a bit of a mixed result, but definitely some encouraging developments. Yeah, no, it feels like a win. Um, I know just recently Oregon's governor also uh, expunged some records, uh, th thousands of uh, marijuana convictions as well. So uh, certainly a step in the right direction. Some of those states you'd kind of expect to be uh, somewhat behind the general curve of uh, you know most of the others. But hey, I'll take it as a win. I think uh, you know, especially with the home grow in Missouri and Maryland. I think that's really important. And, and again, I mean, obviously that's what we always promote. Um, so it's, uh, it's good to hear even with uh, somewhat, you know, limited amounts of plants uh, that people will be able to do uh, to grow their own. Um, very important, I think, and, and lacking in some legal states. So uh, exciting to hear that. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope every time, you know, we get to vote on something we keep pushing pushing forward um there's not a lot of opposition it seems like although obviously some of these states have more of those uh backwards people than others but hey you know um we march on you know legalization marches on and the prohibitionists uh I, my message to them is basically just to give up uh and let it go uh move on to a different subject because you're not going to win and you should join us because our parties are funner than yours anyway. So uh, please <laughs> give up and join us. If you're sincere about, you know, your 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 turnaround, uh, you know, you're, you, you're using plant medicines and uh, they're helping you, 
and you've changed your mind, everyone's allowed a second act. And so join us, join the party. Uh, we, we welcome you kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I gotta say it's a little disappointing that South Dakota couldn't, uh, couldn't legalize again. Uh, it's a bummer what happened in that state because they had it. They had the the they yeah. had legalization and it was sort of taken away from them. And now second opportunity and this time it didn't go through. Um, the biggest margin of defeat was in Arkansas. So fifty five percent, almost fifty six percent of people uh, said no to legalization there. Um, I also just wanted to mention. A uh, sort of friend of the show, former Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman Eugene Monroe was uh, helpful to Maryland. He led a campaign there to help uh, pass the pot referendum that they had. So that was that was good. Yeah, absolutely. I would say not sort of friend. He's a friend. Yeah, I, I don't know if we've had him on, but uh, we should have him on. He's uh, he's definitely a tireless fighter for, for cannabis rights. And uh, it's always good when someone... Uh, a, a former professional athlete, uh, veteran, one of those uh, guys speaks up because you know they're talking to a whole different audience than the you know the typical wooks that we appeal to. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's always good that they you know they 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 have a wider appeal amongst uh, you know football fans and and other vets and and that sort of thing. And he he's a a, a very tireless advocate. Uh, he's out at the shows. He's not you know just putting his name on, on a cannabis product, he's fighting the fight with us. So thank you to Eugene. We'll definitely, if we haven't had him on, we'll, we yeah, we'd love to. Yeah. Get he's him on he's very soon. passionate about it. Yeah. yeah. I know he and, uh, he and Leo Bridgewater have been working hard, uh, on that Maryland situation, New Jersey and elsewhere. So yeah. Thank you to, to him, the expansion, uh, of that market, uh, which should be interesting to see because they've had medical, um, and it's been primarily dominated by a lot of the uh, larger MSOs. And then now, hopefully, um, that'll expand into other options for for everyone. Yeah, so, the East Coast just I think keeps on keeping on, right? Well, we got, you know, uh, Rhode Island and Connecticut, and then New York and New Jersey, and now Maryland, and now Virginia also. So we need, what, uh, Delaware? Right. And uh, then we have, like, a sort of block all the way down from Maine uh, to Virginia, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. And Missouri, too. I mean, hey, I, I, who doesn't want to smoke on a riverboat? <laughs> Mark Twain <laughs> would know? be proud. <laughs> if, if, if they get consumption lounges on the riverboats, you know, it could, you know, that my whole second act as a riverboat gambler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, poker and pool yeah. hustler <laughs> get people too high to play. Me, me and Bob Dylan and uh, Kinky Friedman can all. Uh, can all be riverboat gamblers like we always There's wanted a group to. right there i like it uh <laughs> well yeah so that that's uh what's going on in the world of weed but uh we have a really excellent interview coming up yeah absolutely we've got uh lindsay villarreal she is from flower house new york uh she's a grower for many years uh moved to cali uh in the uh, prop 215 days and um really helped with the transition for people from uh, medical to uh, corporate and legal growing and is now in New York uh, with some other friends we've had on the show, uh, Sid Gupta. Um, and they, they together are uh, 
growing cannabis in New York State for the legal rec market that should be getting <laughs> licensed and going. I mean, they licensed a few shops actually just this week. They licensed 36 shops um, throughout New York, but uh, they're licensing more. And uh, those are going to be the shops that open up uh, in January, hopefully February, sometime in the very near future. Um, but they are growing in greenhouses uh, in New York perpetually. And uh, Lindsay is a big part of that. She is, uh, you know, she's uh, a VP of operations and a co-founder and really uh, puts it all together and makes it work. So very excited to have her on the show. She's got a lot of incredible insights um, as a Latina uh, woman in the cannabis space and as someone who uh, touches the plant and has been doing so for a long, long time uh, with a bunch of different companies. So let's uh, take a break. And we will be back after these messages. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweetleaf plant nutrients. Sweetleaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at Sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at Sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right. Welcome back, you guys. And we have a great guest for you guys this week. Uh, we have uh, our actually our cover person for the uh, most recent issue of Northeast Leaf, uh, our harvest issue, uh, November 2022. And it, it is Lindsay Villarreal or Villarreal. Um, yeah, yeah, but you're good. Villarreal. Villarreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, Lindsay is the co-founder and VP of operations at Flower House New York, which is a uh, a big grow, uh, uh, slightly upstate, uh, just an hour or so out of the city that I visited uh, for this cover story for Northeast Leaf. But uh, long before that, uh, you have been involved uh, in cannabis for a long time. So, Lindsay, please let us know uh, how you first got involved in cannabis. Uh, sure. Um, let's see. I first got involved in cannabis when I was. 13, actually, uh, that was my first experience, um, of getting high. Uh, I was actually with my neighbors at the time and we would smoke cigarette buds just to get like that tobacco buzz. And one of their older siblings was like, if you guys really want to get high, you should smoke cannabis. <laughs> and, you know, it was weed. They were like, you gotta smoke some dank. Um, I grew up in the Midwest, so it was either schwag, middies or dank. And, uh, to get an eighth of dank was like $50. And so at 13, it was like, how was I going to get that when you couldn't even work? And my older friends were like, well, if you have friends that also smoke, and if you buy an ounce, and you sell them some weed, then you get a free eighth, you know, every time you sell an ounce. And so 
that's really how I got started. Um, and then as my teenage years progressed, I, you know, was working as a waitress and a bartender. And so I always had clients that were constantly buying from me. Um, but the best herb always came from the West Coast time. It was always anything that was name brand, you know, had a name, was from California. And so when I was 21, I moved out west and, you know, started off just going up to the north because I knew that's what everyone was saying to go. And I ended up finding um, a friend of mine who I'd actually known from the Midwest who, like, introduced me to her grower out there. And I got a job on the farm and it started off as a trimmer and, like, learning. And then I was like, whoa, can I stay for the whole season? And they, like, took me under their wing. And these were, like, older folks that had been growing for like 10 plus years since medical has been going on since the nineties over there. <clears throat> and I was there in 2009. So that's when I first really got into it. And then from there, other people were like, Hey, like, why don't you help us here and help there? And so I kind of started learning every bit of the industry and eventually got my own farm and was able to, you know, have a partner. And we did, we had a 24 acre farm where we did our outdoor, indoor and greenhouses. Um, and so we operated that for about eight years and it was really successful, you know, but that was all medical. Um, so then we had to have scripts, you know, my script said I could grow 99 plants and carry up to 19 pounds on me at a time. Like every six months I was allocated 19 pounds, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but it made transition, you know, trans transporting things easier. So anytime I would sell to dispensaries, I would just have my script on me and make sure that I had 19 pounds at a time. Um, and that's how I was doing a lot of things until 2017 when a few friends of mine decided to go into the legal market and I helped them start. Um, it was the Guild Cannabis. Um, the, the Guild is what they were called. And they came out with the Guild Extracts. And then Pacific Reserve was just a nursery. And then I helped them turn their brand into like actual smuggled flour. They were selling all of their stuff to like Lowe's, which is a popular brand out on the West coast. Um, and so I was telling them like, you could just sell your own jars and make your own pre-rolls instead of selling bulk. So that's really when I got into branding um, because in the Hills, we were just selling everything in pounds, you know, it was nothing that you would piece out or have a label um, you didn't want anyone to know where it was coming from, you know? So the transition was really interesting, um, having to have everything on paper where we used to burn all that information. Cause it was like, you didn't want anyone to know anything. Um, but I've been on the legal side for five years now and flower house is the fourth company I've helped start. Um, the first one was California bud company, which is in Salinas along with Pacific reserve, and then Natura was the big one in Sacramento. That was like the largest facility in California that I helped um, start up all of their processing and manufacturing. And that's when I really got into like, you know, putting the perfect SOP together for such a big production. Um, for example, in Pacific Reserve, we were doing like maybe five to 20,000 pre-rolls a day. And in Natura, it was just getting higher and higher with the volumes <clears throat> to like up to like a million a month, you know. A million um, pre-rolls a month. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's amazing. And you yeah. were involved in packaging as well. Um, yep. There. And training everyone. And um, the thing about Natura is, that, well, 
with a lot of these brands, everyone has different ways of doing it. You had the five packs, you had the 0.7 gram joints, the one gram joints, and then you have the ones that are infused. Um, so it was nice. It was cool to see all the different variations of, you know, what the market really strived for. Um, my thing is always just wanting to get the best quality flower out there. So, um, the packaging is something I know that is eye catching and you want the consumer to like gravitate towards that. Um, but I think once they know what they're smoking and, you know, can see the difference between quality versus quantity, you know, it's also just up to this, the smoker, their price range and things of the sort. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, what the it, most interesting thing there too is um, at at a fairly young age, you basically pioneered that transition from legacy to medical and now into the legal world. Um, and and one of the things you mentioned to me when I was doing the article is kind of, you know, being a bridge from that traditional market to the more corporate one, but bringing the soul and the spirit and the mm -hmm. love of the plant over with you. And I think that's like, to me, the most important thing really. Um, and so, yeah, tell me a little bit about now, now you're, you're back, you're on the East coast and you're doing, uh, you're the co-founder and vice president of operations at flower house, New York. Yes. Um, the East coast, this is, this is what's exciting, you know, for, for growing since Oh nine until now, it's like, you know, sometimes you think, you know, everything or you figured it all out, but to grow cannabis in the snow and in the winter is going to be a, an amazing experience. I mean, we got our first snowfall a couple of days ago. Um, and you know, our property, all of our greenhouses are fully heated. So we're able to, you know, handle it but it's just like you know it's a walking in and out of those climates when you're in this like nice warm greenhouse and you walk out and it's like 20 below or not 20 below it just feels like that it's like right now it's I think 34 degrees here um but it's still like it doesn't get that cold in California where I was growing you know and it's only going to get colder um but I think it's it's exciting I think it's nice to like bring the knowledge of what I have been doing to the people here in New York where you know, like you, like we haven't been able to grow out here. You know what I mean? It's just like the medical was very fairly young, and um, it's just it's a very different type of culture I've noticed in cannabis. You know, like I feel the West Coast is more like the hippie style kind of thing, and out here is like the go getters. Like we're gonna make sure it's like we we do everything the best, which is great. Um, but I would want to like really instill that people remember that it's like medicine still, <laughs> you know, it's like there are the reasons I got into this was to like see people getting off of like prescription pills and being able to, you know, smoke or eat some cannabis and like heal themselves that way without getting hooked on something. Um, Cause I did see a lot of friends go down like oxys and things like that. And then eventually they went to heroin. Um, and you know, I think it's just a thing. It's, it is a live being. So energy is important. The people who are taking care and tending to these plants, like to know, you know, their energy that is being passed on. So if you have someone who's angry all the time, like taking care of this plant or trimming this plant, like it's, you know, it's there, like you could feel it. So I always try to tell my employees, like, listen, I know everyone has a hard time, but if you feel frustrated or any, at any moment, just like take a moment, go outside 
you know, take a breather and, and then come back, you know, um, I think that's really important and yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and you guys have a, a, a bunch of greenhouses, uh, up there and you're talking about growing perpetually, meaning like through the winter, uh, with, uh, supplemental lighting inside the greenhouse and, and heaters, uh, in there. Um, that was one of the most interesting things that I noticed from being on the farm was that each greenhouse was basically at a different like phase or schedule uh, yes. in in the thing. So, um, and that's got to be fairly complicated. How how are you able to manage sort of all the different uh, spaces at different times? Um, well, actually, the spacing and scheduling is what makes it actually easier, believe it or not, because um, then we're not having to harvest 10 greenhouses at once. Um, so we have, you know, sufficient amount of dry space allocated to each greenhouse that's getting harvested on a schedule. So like right now we're harvesting every three weeks. And so we know every three weeks, one of the queues is going to be going down or two of the queues, which is the Quonset hunt. Um, and then it's each greenhouse after that. So then it keeps us in rotation. So we know from our clones, to our veg, you know, room to know like, okay, we need these many plants by this time and the dry room has to be cleared by this time. And then the processing has to continue. Um, and so labeling, obviously having a labeling system is definitely crucial. Uh, we have multiple licenses on our thing. So I color code everything as well. Um, and then it's just making sure that everyone who's working in each tier knows like, this is what you're going to be doing for for this process of the plant. So there's also no cross-contamination because that's like the main thing, you know, like let's say there's some type of infestation in one greenhouse, you have to make sure that they're not moving into the next one without, you know, decontaminating themselves and, and that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know you've got like all kinds of issues, I guess, with like humidity and now it's going to be cold and, Basically, it's going to be all about uh, controlling environments and stuff. Um, what do you, what do you feel like going from kind of uh, smaller scale into larger scale uh, growing for the rec market? I mean, you know, New York uh, and, and you know this marketplace does appreciate high quality flour. Uh, how how can you accomplish that uh, with with the challenges of uh, the you know environmental controls? and all the different things that you have to deal with uh, in an upstate New York environment? Um, so the key thing is we have 20, we have someone here 24 hours a, step, um, a day. Um, so we have constant checks on our humidity and our heat. And the way we play with that moisture level is definitely like, oh, raise the side or turn this off or like, it's basically playing with the heat and the exhaust and the dehumidification, you know? Um, and what is interesting is that because we do have so many different little or not little, like some are little, you know, some are way bigger than others, then it makes the environment harder to control in some cases, depending if like, you know, there's a little heat gas that's like leaving on this one corner. It's like making sure you find it and making sure that each greenhouse is completely sealed so that you're not losing the heat or having moisture come in. Um, but we've actually gotten it we have it pretty dialed down at this point. Um, but it, it's not even the dead of winter yet. So I don't want to <laughs> jinx myself either. 
Right. Absolutely. I think one thing that sets you guys apart as well is uh, the processing as far as uh, the harvesting, drying and curing process. And one of the sections of the article that I wrote was your curing class. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, you know, I wanted you to maybe follow up with people a little bit about that, because that can be done even on a large scale like you guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, but, but what are the important things for people to know um, as far as curing? And, and one of the most interesting things you told me was that, um, you know, you guys start the curing process before you've even harvested. So can you tell me a little bit about yes. that, how that works? Um, sure. So one thing that I personally feel is like a good step is taking all the fan leaves off while the plant is still alive before we harvest. Um, it's the plants are more malleable in that regard. You're not, you know what I mean? And, and then it's one last step to have once the plant is, is cut. Um, but even if, you know, not every single family, if it's taken off while we're harvesting, we are making sure that they're off and then we hang them. Um, like you saw upside down. Um, and, I, what I didn't fully tell you the way that I, I truly like to, to cure in that regard too, is the first three to four days I have it at like 60 degrees at a 50% humidity. And I'll leave it like that for about three to four days. And then from there, I'll raise the humidity to about 60% and raise the temperature to about 65, 66, 70 is like what I want to get to towards the end. So that's just kind of like like a longer process, but I only care for 10 days. So um, one thing I was kind of concerned about here was the humidity level, right? In California, it was very different where everything dried very quickly. Um, And here I was worried that it wasn't going to dry quick enough because of the humidity, but really having a contained room um, with the dehumidifier and the AC in there, like it actually concealed it perfectly. So we didn't have any issues there. So the cure process works here, <laughs> the same one that I used um, back west. So um, it really just, you know, like I said, it just depends. Like we have containers that are completely sealed, airtight. Um, so when it's raining or snowing, it doesn't matter. I can still have the same temperature and the same humidity level that I need in there. Because after we're done hanging in those containers, then I will, you know, after everything is spent up, I put the, I use that same climatized um, container for storing them. And once everything is stored, I burp the bins before we process them. And burping is just a process of opening them up, giving them some fresh air, um, and then it'll go into the bucking system, which is all done by hand. I am a true believer in, in hand stuff, you know, machines. I know we do need machines when you get to bigger scales. Um, but I only like to hand trim, especially all the quality product that we have, you know? Yeah. So it's bucked uh, by like the bucking team uh, yeah. and then sorted into like A, B or C bins and then hand trimmed. Um, so by they hand trim all the A buds. Right. Uh, the A buds are what we would put in the jars. So all the eights that you're going to be seeing coming out are going to be all the A buds. Uh, and a little bit of B buds, you know, because it's hard to sometimes make that 3.5 grams with just one or two buds. Um, and then the C buds uh, are what we use to make our pre-rolls out of. So um, I will be grinding that up. Like I'll use machines for that, like right, to grind the, the cannabis that we're about to pre-roll. 
Um, or I'll put the smalls into a machine, a trim machine to take any little leaves off of that. Um, but yes, hand trimming, like every jarred flower that people are going to be getting is going to be hand trimmed. That's awesome. And, you know, I want to remind people, we're talking about a facility that's like 100,000 plus square <laughs> feet uh, with 30,000. Yeah, 000 people think I'm crazy. Everyone's <laughs> 30,000 like, no plus way. plants, um, 40 plus full-time employees. And one of the most interesting things was, you know, this was an existing uh, greenhouse farm um, that had done like, you know, perennials and, and annuals and, and herbs and, and things like that. And you were able to absorb uh, some of the employees uh, yes. that had some been working em- there for, for decades, yeah. right? 20 plus years, some of them have been here and they were working on rosemary and lemongrass and thyme and, you know, and they know, but they know about 300 different types of species. So when we brought in this, you know, new species for them, like a lot of them were shocked and kind of like, oh, are you sure this is legal? And it's like, yes, of course it's legal. And then um, they're, you know, excited to learn something new because they thought that after being in the same job for 22 years or more that they've learned everything there was to know about what was going to be happening here. Um, a lot of them are very, you know, just shocked at the times. And you'd be very surprised that almost none of our employees uh, partake in cannabis. <laughs> like none of them almost it's kind of yeah. bizarre that's interesting yeah it's yeah. you know well a lot of our um employees are latinos you know and um very religious and so for them and you know i'm trying so to them i'm really preaching that it's medicine you know like right. and letting them know that you don't have to smoke it like you do you have trouble sleeping like you take a sleeping pill you should try to you know make wait till we make these gummies then you'll have a gummy to mm. try you know um so I'm excited to also like open their, you know, world in that. Cause like my grandma has terrible back pain and, but is very Catholic and like won't touch it, but I give her some chocolates and she always feels amazing, you know? That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, no, but having seen sort of what's been going down and what has gone down over the last, you know, 13 for 15 years in Cali uh, and mm-hmm. uh, like what, what, what advice do you have or, or what, you know, warnings or anything else you might have uh, for us here in New York, uh, because you're here now and you can see like we're kind of at that beginning stage of where where it all kind of explodes. Um, but what what sort of advice do you have, or what 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 could you say about your experiences there compared to here? I guess I would I would have to to divide that into like advice for consumers and advice for people going into business in cannabis. Um, Give us both. I will start with the consumer because that's how I started in this business. (laughs) I'll always go on that end. And I treat my business as what I would do for my consumer. One thing that people should be excited about with this being legal and this being tested is that you will know exactly what you're smoking. You know, a lot of people grow their cannabis with bad chemicals and pesticides and, you know, just to get that bigger, harder nug, but like, you're not really sure what you're ingesting. So as a consumer, you'll be able to know everything, you know, is there mold in my butt? Is, you know, is there E. coli? Like you'd be surprised what people find in that. Um, so quality, variety, and also like, you know, supporting the local brands, right? Like everyone out here that has been wanting this opportunity, like supporting everyone through that process. 
Um, and as far as like business goes, it's like, yes, if you have the heart and you know that this is something that you want to do and provide this for people, like absolutely do it. And, um, there's so many, there's so much information out there and like people like myself, I'm totally down to always help. Like I'm, you know, I help with the Latinas Grow Association, like anyone who is like trying to start on things, it's like, look up companies that are existing or find friends, um, genetics, you know what I mean? I think genetics is a good thing. Even starting with something at home, like a small little plant at home and testing things out like that before you go buy like 20 lights for your garage or, you know, it's kind of a variational things, but for big businesses, it's, I would be careful for the other big guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like the Monsanto yeah. style, like they are, right. they're out there, you know, and they're the ones that are turning this amazing thing into not such an amazing thing. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate to see, but I, I feel like New York is too tough to let that happen, you know. Like, <laughs> I hope like you're every right. New York, every New Yorker I know is like, this is New York, like you know, this is like our place, and I'm humbled to be a part of that now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like, I think the East coast needs its own thing and they should be supporting East coast brands, you know? Um, and the West coast can, you know, come in a little, but it should be the East coast for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of, uh, you know, what you're doing there at the farm at flower house, New York, um, for the new recreational market here in New York State. Um, I love what you're saying about, you know, supporting East Coast brands. I hope people, you know, vote with their pocketbooks and their wallets and pay good money for the products that they want that are, you know, produced in the in the right ways. Um, so it's awesome that uh, you're here doing what you're doing. And uh, if people want to learn more, um, they should check out uh, leafmagazines.com. We've got the article about Flower House New York up on the website. Uh, and Lindsay is on the cover of the magazine as well, um, involved in the harvesting process there, which is perpetual, uh, which is yeah. pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how that works out, you know, through the winter and into the spring and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, thank you so much. Can you can you tell people um, how they can find out a little more if there's like an Instagram website kind of situation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do have our Instagram, which is flowerhouse underscore ny, um, and we do have a flowerhouseny.com. I know we're working on all of that, um, but like one thing I do want to put out there, and I'm sure Danny, you can help us on that, is like people who want to get involved come tour the farm. Um, you know, just kind of have questions about genetics, uh, feeding, growing, curing. Um, I'm one thing I want to do is kind of like, you know, help out with some type of classes or, or anything, you know, it's this, this is all stuff that everyone should have knowledge about and, um, not be intimidated by the plant. Cause she's just a girl. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, uh, for being on the show and thank you for uh, having me. Appreciate it. Thanks. We'll be back awesome. with more Grow Bud Yourself.
Do you want to take your cultivation program to the next level and grow higher quality, naturally healthier plants? Our new sponsor, Prime Superior, can get you there with simple, safe, and effective products. Whether you're starting with seeds, clones, or your plants are already established, Prime Superior has a product for you. And best of all, you don't have to change anything in your grow program. Just add Prime Superior. Do you want the best biological for cannabis growing? Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Bovaria bassania increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Inoculate early with Prime Superior and you will see faster germination and larger root mass, which will help you propel your nutrient uptake. Faster growth and more photosynthesis means higher yields and more terpenes and cannabinoids. Plus, Prime Superior has the world's first biological cloning honey to help improve your cloning success. Now's the time to try Prime Superior. Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the code PS420 for 15% off their entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate, and visit primesuperior.com to learn more. All right, welcome back, and uh, thank you to Lindsay Villarreal of Flower House New York. Uh, very interesting and illuminating convo there with uh, someone who, even at a fairly young age, is definitely a pioneer uh, in the industry and doing some pretty interesting and incredible things here in New York State now. So uh, thanks to her and the whole team of Flower House New York. You can learn more about them also in the November issue of Northeast Leaf Magazine, uh, on which uh, Lindsay is, is on the cover, and we've got a four-page article by yours truly, myself, uh, on, on the farm, and uh, you know, talking about their perpetual harvesting of craft cannabis for the New York market. So um, thank you uh, to her and the whole Flower House New York team. We are now in the cultivation segment, and I do believe it's been at least a fortnight. Ooh. <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight. And yes, this is a fortnight. Strain of the, the fortnight. fortnight. What do you yeah. got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the fortnight. Strain of the fortnight. Oh, there it is. All right, man. Yes, strain of the fortnight. Um, Love it. so yeah, what do you, what do you got this fortnight? Yeah. So this fortnight, uh, I recently had the pleasure of attending the harvest cup up in Worcester, Massachusetts at the DCU center. This is, I think either the fifth or the sixth year, um, that they've done it, notwithstanding the, uh, interruption due to COVID, but, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful event up there in Massachusetts. Uh, really great time. And, while there, I got to actually meet uh, the people from Tower 3 LLC uh, in Taunton, Massachusetts. We have featured this strain, uh, Half Pint Number 4, uh, which is the strain of the Fortnite. We featured it uh, as our strain of the month in Northeast Leaf Magazine in that uh, November issue. And then, lo and behold, this is the strain that won Harvest Cup in the category for uh, Linolul because they divide their categories not by sativa, indica, and hybrid, but actually by the dominant terpene, which I think is really interesting and definitely a step in the right direction when it comes to these contests. Um, so they actually test uh, the strains before they put them into the categories, and they test them 
uh, for THC level, but also for, uh, you know, pesticides and things and for the dominant terpene. And uh, this category was linalool, uh, which is an interesting terpene for sure. And this half pint number four was the strain that actually won in that category. Uh, this is small batch. It's grown in organic living soil, uh, which definitely I think is part of the, you know, the reason that sets it apart uh, from some of these other strains. I think uh, something about that living soil, veganic, uh, uh, small batch is just going to result in a more flavorful, more uh, uh, better sense and, and things and just a deeper uh, quality to the flower. And this half pint really was impressive. Um, it was actually written up in the magazine by our friend Bobby Nuggs uh, in Massachusetts. And he actually visited their facility in Taunton, a state-of-the-art facility that actually does grow uh, veganic in 100% living soil. And Bobby also, you know, is quite the connoisseur. So if he put this to the test himself, uh, then you know it's good. It's a cross of uh, horchata, and runs. Uh, it was bred by uh, Y East Farms from Neptune Seed Bank, uh, which is also the breeders behind our Marshmallow OG uh, Truffles and a strain called uh, Turds, <laughs> T-E-R-D-Z. Um, and yeah, it's really, it's a beautiful strain. It's got that uh, tones of pink and deep purple as Bobby describes it. Um, definitely really pretty, uh, gorgeous, you know, to look at. And then, uh, when it's properly cured in the way that they do at um, Tower Three, uh, it just looks—it looks amazing, smells amazing. Crack it open; uh, it's just a, a work of art, as Bobby describes. Um, because I think they take that extra care to create a really amazing product. Not a lot of big nugs. I mean, they're fairly tightly packed. Uh, nothing too huge, uh, but you will get very sticky if you're trying to break this up with your fingers and not. Uh, a grinder of some kind. Um, very funky. Uh, Bobby says, you know, you get slight notes of cheese initially, uh, and then you get that sour runts, uh, powerful scent of sour runts, that candy sour kind of thing. So uh, really interesting stuff. Very terpy, uh, very much uh, linalool heavy, which uh, if you know, linalool is a very potent uh, terpene that um, there's some people love it, some people hate it, but it's very interesting. Um, so you can check it out yourself if you're interested. If you're in Massachusetts in particular, uh, it's available at uh, Cookies in Worcester, Garden Wonders, One Connection, and Triple K. Uh, it's created by Tower 3, and it's called Half Pint Number 4. That is our strain of the fortnight uh, for this episode, and I hope you guys can enjoy it. It's a really beautiful, beautiful flower. Half pint number four. That that sounds uh, delightful. So excellent strain of the fortnight here on uh, Grow Bud Yourself, episode 103. And uh, our listeners know that each week you like to provide a topic that will help uh, our listeners become better growers. So what would you like to discuss this week? Yeah, so this week I want to talk about grow room automation. I want to talk specifically um, yeah, automation in the grow room. I think uh, it's an interesting topic, and now is the time for it. It's the holidays. Uh, people are going away. They're visiting family for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, Hanukkah, 
uh, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you celebrate, um, now is the time to maybe get away from your home or your grow uh, for two or three days. Uh, I wouldn't recommend much more than that, even with automation. But if you got to go, you got to go. And sometimes you got to just leave your plants uh, behind and hope for the best. But you also have this automation to make sure uh, that things don't go haywire while you're gone. Now, like I said, I wouldn't recommend leaving for more than three or four days uh, tops. Certainly not, you know, seven, eight, nine days. Uh, too many things can go wrong even with all of this. But we are in an era now of very sophisticated technology um, for indoor agriculture. There are smartphone apps that will show you your grow uh, from multiple angles. If you've got the cameras in there, they will actually automate stuff that you can control right from your phone uh, from anywhere. You could be on the beach in Costa Rica. Um, you could be at your parents' place uh, celebrating Thanksgiving, whatever it is. Um, there is that technology out there, and uh, automation can control a lot. So um, if you think about it, there's temperature controls, there's humidity controls, uh, ventilation control, uh, certainly carbon dioxide content. Um, even nutrient dosing and pH controls can all be done these days through uh, your phone. So you don't necessarily have to be there. Now, my first recommendation always is spend as much time with your plants as possible. But like I said, there are times uh, when you may need to go away. Uh, the most important thing is you may have to tone, tone up a little bit on your tech savviness and spend a little bit of extra money on some automation. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. I mean, basically, you need some type of a controller, um, which is a plug system uh, that also can be automated by your phone. There's a, a system called uh, NIWA, N-I-W-A, Grow Hub. Um, this is less than 200 bucks, or right around $200 um, and controls, I think, up to four different plugs. Basically, what this uh, Grow Hub is, is uh, it's a power strip, but it's a smart power strip. So uh, you plug whatever it is that you need plugged in into it. Uh, you plug it in, and then you control it from the phone. Um, and that, you can do the controls for your lights. You can do uh, the controls for pretty much anything, as mentioned. Um, most important things being temperature, uh, if you need to uh, boost the cooling uh, of your AC in the space, if you need to just ensure that uh, you know the temperatures are high in places where you need them to be high for clones and seedlings, uh, low in the flowering area. Uh, comparatively, you can control that uh, from your phone from far away in an automated system. Uh, if you've got the humidity thing, same thing. You've got your humidifier or your dehumidifier plugged in. Um, you can boost that and... Uh, you can basically control pretty much everything. I think drip irrigation is a good bet uh, for plant feeding if you're going to be away for you know two or three, four days. Um, but there are lots of different other watering systems, including uh, you know the old school. Um, I think it's called the blue mat. Uh, the uh, you know that basically can tell when your soil mix or your soilless mix dries out and add water accordingly, um, that can be automated as well. Um, so that's really a good one if you're in a soil mix. I think drip irrigation is one of the best ones because uh, it's fairly gentle 
and it'll ensure that there's at least some uh, moisture at root level. Uh, so, you know, this works with any kind of phones that are smartphones, iPhones, uh, Samsungs, and whatnot. Um, you just got to get the right apps and the right type of plugs and timers. Uh, but if you get that stuff, you can have a camera in your space looking at your plants. You can know exactly what the temperature, high, highs and lows, exactly what the humidity um, is. And you can basically automate everything for those few days that you need to go away. Um, and if you have a grow box, even better, because they, a lot of them are also already fairly automated. Now, if you want to get even more sophisticated with this, like I said, there's pH controllers. Uh, Blue Lab makes a controller and an auto doser. These are a little more expensive, but if you've got like a hydro system going and you need to make sure the pH is dialed in, um, it's worth the money if you're going to go away. And even if you don't, I mean, this will keep your pH right in, in the spot where you need it to be. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. Those are about seven, 800 bucks. Um, there's dosatrons that are uh, somewhat cheaper in some cases, and, and there's more expensive ones. Uh, those are for nutrient feeding, but there's a lot of different options to automate your grow. Um, they're great for when you go away, but they're also not, not so bad for when you're there as well, um, as long as you just keep an eye on them. And if anything, you know, you're looking at those cameras and anything, you know, really hectic is going wrong, uh, you may need to cut your trip short a little bit and head home um, if you see, you know, pests or something like that going off. But ultimately, you should be able to take a few days off, see your family, see your, you know, folks or whoever it is back home, uh, and then get back to your grow uh, and get back to growing. So that's the tip uh, this week. It is about automation in the grow room. Um, just remember, you know, get the nice timer, get the nice plug, get the nice... Uh, you know, the, the smart plugs that come with the, the apps for the phone. Uh, if you're going to have cameras, you might want extra multiple ones, one, you know, from one angle, one at uh, canopy level. Um, and just, you know, the most important things are you don't want the plants to dry out entirely. You don't want any of the temperature or humidity to be way out of whack. Uh, and you just want to keep those plants alive until you can get back to them and uh, nurture them and keep them happy and healthy. All right. Grow tip episode uh, 103 here. And um, as somebody who is at their parents' house for Thanksgiving, I can relate to this. Unfortunately, I didn't automate things, but fortunately, they're just house plants. So, not the end of the world. <laughs> um, all right. So, it is now time to take some questions from our listeners. And uh, if you have a question you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, let's jump right in here with Ollie. And uh, Ollie writes, Hey guys, I love the show. It pushed me to start growing for myself in the UK. Man, the UK loves us, huh? Yeah, you know, we seem to have a lot of fans over there. Just, you know, guys, be careful. I know you don't have the uh, legal protections uh, yet. So just remember to be careful. But yeah, man, I, I, it's great to know that, uh, you know, our words are, are reaching people all over the world. And uh, people in the UK love their their cannabis, and you know I think hopefully those laws will change soon for you guys too. For sure. Okay, so growing for myself in the UK, my question relates to breeding and why F1 S1 hybrids are deemed stable enough to uh, work from. Surely it would make more sense to get down to F5 S5 before releasing to the market. 
Also, why is the industry so heavily focused on higher THC levels? Uh, we know terpene profile and cannabinoid profile is more important now, so why hasn't the industry moved with this knowledge? But then, Ali followed up. He said, uh, ignore my last email. I missed the previous episode. Uh, listen to it today, but I still can't understand why people don't stabilize a cultivar before sending it to market. I guess money talks at the end of the day. Uh, what would you say here to Ali and maybe people that also missed that episode? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're talking about two different things here. We're talking about uh, growers growing F1 hybrids because they want that hybrid vigor that comes from two very different plants being crossed with each other. So if you take a very uh, sativa dominant thin leafed plant uh, as your female or male, and then the opposite, a, a more indica dominant a wide leafed uh, shorter flowering plant as your other male or female, um, and you cross those two together, what you're going to get is uh, that hybrid vigor in that first filial cloud cross. That's the F1 uh, hybrid. So you'll you'll get a variety of different phenotypes. So we're not talking about stability here. We're talking about hybrid vigor, which for the grower is an amazing thing if you choose the right plant of those seeds to be your mother plant. Um, now, you, like I said, you'll get a lot of different phenotypical phenotype uh, displays from those F1 seeds because some will be like the mother, some will be like the father. Uh, but if you find the one you really love and you make that your mother plant, you'll have a mother plant that has hybrid vigor. Now, as far as stability, stability comes from, like you said, going further down to an F5, F6, and, and further, um, and choosing for the proper traits that you're trying to stabilize as well. So this takes a breeder extra time, um, extra money, uh, extra effort. Uh, and what you say about, you know, money talks, I mean, the, the, the breeders want to create both, basically. They want to create uh, strains that are stable and have gone down that, you know, uh, multiple filial crosses um, to stabilize them. So F5s, F6, F7. At the same time, uh, that's going to create stability across the pack of seeds, but you won't have the hybrid vigor that you get when you cross two very different strains into that first F1 uh, hybrid. So um, it's two different things. It's hybrid vigor from the F1 or stability from the F5 or further down. Um, and so, you know, we're kind of, it's apples and oranges in a way. Breeders are creating both, um, hopefully, and they're hopefully uh, able to release um, stable genetics to the market and also some some genetics where, like I said, it's two crosses that are going to create something brand new. And that's the way you're going to find uh, that keeper pheno that you uh, cherish and love because it's so unique and different. So that's kind of uh, where that's at. I hope that helps you in understanding a little bit of the just the difference um, in the work that the breeders are doing. Uh, in order to create these new strains. All right. Uh, thank you, Ali. Hope that helps. Uh, let's move on to our old friend, D-Man. Uh, he writes, hey, guys, loving the show. Keep it all going. Uh, do you believe the home test kits for verifying the percentages of THC are accurate? I purchased a kit uh, with three tests. I tested three different strains, and they all came out similar. It makes me question it. Uh, what do you say to D-Man? 
Yeah, I, I don't think those test kits are are, are very accurate. Uh, at least I haven't seen any home test kits like that that are accurate. I think they'll give you a general idea. Um, it's kind of the same way as a, a pH monitor test kit that you actually you know dip down into your reservoir or into your nutrient solution um, and gives you a digital readout uh, is is going to be a lot more accurate than uh, the test kit that you the pH test kit that you get uh, at the aquarium where you just drop your three drops in and hope it's that light greenish kind of color. So it gives you uh, the you know it gives you an idea of where you're at, but it certainly isn't a super accurate. Uh, way of really knowing the percentages. And, you know, uh, apropos of Ollie's uh, question, THC percentages aren't really that, uh, you know, relevant or important anyways, at least not in the way that we give them so much relevance. I think anything over 10, 15% THC um, is going to have a a strong effect. And in that case, it's really going to be the cannabinoids, uh, other cannabinoids, um, and terpenoids and flavonoids acting in conjunction with the THC uh, that are going to make for an interesting strain or a different strain or one that um, works specifically for you, has the flavor that you like, has the effect, um, the taste, uh, the scent. Uh, So uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you really want to know your THC percentage, you should probably send your flowers out to a lab to test. And these days the tests aren't super expensive. Uh, If you enter contests, typically, um, they'll include that testing in your entry fee, hopefully, some of them. And so that's what I would recommend. The home test kit's just going to give you uh, a real basic idea, not a v- super accurate one. All right. Thank you, D-Man. Uh, we're running pretty long here, but let's do one more. Let's go to Gail Daddy Perp. Uh, he writes, Hello, guys. I was wondering, what is your advice on the harvest and drying process when it comes to getting the best taste and smell from a strain like Purple Punch? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, uh, very interesting. Um, I'm not quite sure about a specific, strain-specific ways of, of, of uh, harvesting and drying, but my advice uh, for pretty much any strain is uh, prep the strain prior to harvest uh if you want to give it that like two days of darkness that some people do um 48 hours of no light uh then take off the fan leaves while the plant is still uh alive and 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 growing just take those big fan leaves off uh at that point then uh cut the plant off at the bottom if it's not a huge plant if it is uh bigger then cut each individual uh top off and hang it to dry. Don't lay it flat. Don't uh, dry it in any other way. Hang it uh, in a cool, dark room uh, with air circulation, but not fans directly blowing on the flower as it dries. I think about seven to 10, sometimes maybe even up to 12 days later or so, if you've got it cool and dark and uh, around 40 to 50% humidity in that room, you should be able to... uh, snap the branches instead of them bending. And at that point, you're going to want to do the start the curing process. And I would then trim off uh, the sugar leaf and excess leaf uh, that is still on there, cut the individual buds off of those dry branches and put them into glass jars for curing, uh, sealed glass jars in also in a cool, dark place. Um, and then just burp those jars, open them up uh, once or twice a day, 
to let the air out and uh, freshen the air that's in those jars. And that's basically the process that I would use for harvesting, drying, and curing pretty much any strain. But I think that should work with Purple Punch. I know uh, Purple Punch has some pretty big, fat uh, fan leaves. Like I said, I would take those off early in the process and then do a dry trim later in the process. So there's two different sort of trimming. Um, there's a wet trim of just the big fan leaves, then a dry trim after the branches have hung and dried seven to 10 days or so. And then uh, they are then trimmed and put into the jars for the curing process. Um, and at that point, they should just be basically individual buds and flowers um, without too much stem or branch. All right. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much, Grant, uh, Gail, Daddy Perp. And thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. Uh, if you have a question you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. Our email is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, we're going to take a little break, come back, and then wrap this sucker up. Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right. Welcome back. Uh, let's wrap it up. I know this is the time when most people will turn it off, but please don't because we've got some great deals for you guys from our uh, supporters and advertisers. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, we've got a deal there. Danko15 is the code for 15% off uh, on their website, sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. Uh, Excelsior Extracts, look into their THC-infused pain relief rub. Uh, we love you, Elaine. Um Prime Superior Inoculant, the code there is PS420 uh, for 15% off of their products. Uh, some great inoculants and uh, rooting hormone. Uh, the best that I've tried so far, uh, their rooting honey is incredible. You can learn more about their products on episode 91. We spoke with Dr. Paul Rushton and Todd Young of Prime Superior on that episode. Um, Vapor.com is an affiliate. Uh, you can use the code GrowBudYourself20 for 20% off of everything site-wide. And I know you guys, uh, everyone needs something from Vapor.com right now. Uh, they've got rolling papers. They've got CBD products. They've got um, every single vaporizer you can think of, Puffco Peaks, uh, Volcanoes, uh, everything that's out there. And you can get 20% off everything on their site uh, by using the code GrowBudYourself20. So please um, check them out. Also, you guys, I have a new deal with MyGrowCloset.com. Uh, they have tons of grow products, uh, everything you need, mediums, lighting, fans, uh, pots, nutrients, everything is there. And you can get 15% off at MyGrowCloset.com by using the code Danny15. So please 
Um, if you need anything, check them out. Uh, follow them on Facebook and Instagram at MyGrowCloset. Um, check out MyGrowCloset.com. Use the code Danny15, D-A-N-N-Y-1-5, at checkout to receive 15% off of your first order. Um, thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, you guys are the best. Uh, we uh, really, truly appreciate that. That's one way um, to support the show and get a, a bit of extra content from us, um, including some free nutrients, uh, merch, a copy of my book, all kinds of different levels. You can join us at there on patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Um, YouTube supporters, we love you guys. Uh, all of our subscribers, everyone who supports the show, uh, Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. Uh, Got to thank our guest uh, this fortnight, Lindsay Villarreal from Flower House, New York, and the whole crew at Flower House, New York. Um, Sid, Barry, uh, all the uh, incredible workers over there. Ross, uh, who shot the photos. Um, they've just got an amazing operation, and uh, we're wishing them the best of success with this new uh, legal New York market. Um, ultimately, thanks to you guys for listening. Um, thank you for getting through 103 episodes. If you've listened to them all, uh, you have made it through as many episodes as we did of the uh, Free Weed Show in the past. We've done now um, independently on our own here with Grow Bud Yourself. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing you another episode in the future. Um, if, you know, it's the holidays, uh, just, you know, uh, don't let any of your f uh, family or anybody shame you into thinking that using cannabis is uh, something wrong or bad or evil. Uh, we are, it's a healing medicine. It's a plant medicine that, uh, you know, you should just be well aware of the fact that uh, the, the world is on our side and there's a lot of people who need it. So uh, keep on growing, uh, grow bud yourself. If you can't grow bud uh, for your friends and family, <laughs> anyways thanks a lot you guys i think i'm gonna wrap this one up and uh basically put this one in the books episode 103 we out of here <laughs>